If you would please open your Bibles to the book of Daniel. God willing, we'll be studying the book of Daniel between now and the next break. So you're welcome to read it through as many times as you'd like. Daniel, we're starting in chapter 1. This is God's word. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Among these were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel, but the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my Lord the King who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The King would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. 
In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Okay, uh, there's a whole bunch of foreign names. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, it's the, the uh, I'm not sure who these people are. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't understand why we study these things. Well, I'm glad you asked. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, that was the group that was identified as God's people. Okay? Daniel was a part of that group. Daniel was part of either the royalty or the nobility. Probably the nobility. They're not in line to be king, but they're among the leaders, the elite in the nation. Daniel was living in a place where God's people had forsaken God. They still had their temple there, a temple to God, a temple where God had promised that he would put his presence as long as the people obeyed him. But for years, God had been speaking through the prophet Jeremiah and others, warning that because the people continued in sin and would not repent, God was going to withdraw his hand and devastation would occur to the kingdom of Judah just as it had to the kingdom of Israel after the nation of Israel had broken into two. Israel continued in sin for years. And finally, God sent the Assyrians to destroy them and carry them off. And then God warned Judah, don't make the same mistake. But Judah, as the years went by, as generations went by, got worse and worse and worse. And God said through the prophets, your conduct is worse than that of Israel. They had the temple, but it was a security blanket. They weren't worshiping God. They just wanted to keep God in their pocket. It's sort of like true story of a fellow whom I won't name. He was Jewish. And he said sometimes when he was in a difficult situation, he prayed to Jesus just in case. Oh, what's that? It's like, I don't really know what's true and I don't really care what's true. I just want to win. I just want to win. There are a whole lot of people who do that. They'll go to church at Christmas and Easter because they believe that religion has an important place in society. They might even go to church every week, but it's not to worship God. It's to try and make God obligated to them. Trying to use God in order to keep us on the throne. That was what was going on in Judah. Daniel, growing up there as a teenager there, and he was a teenager, they estimate between 14 and 17. He's a teenager living in that environment, and he's got a lot going for him. 
based on what we just read, he was a good-looking guy. Not only that, he was very intelligent and a quick learner. He's got a lot going for him. Hooray! But he's living in a country that's going bad. He's living in a country where God's name is spoken, but often spoken in vain. Where the religious leaders are corrupt, and the religious leaders are telling the people, it's okay, God's on your side, you'll be fine, we've got the temple, nothing can go wrong. But a lot went wrong. Just as God had warned Nebuchadnezzar, a demon-worshipping foreigner, came with his armies and besieged the city. That meant you couldn't get in or out. In order to keep the enemy out, you've got to stay in. And the problem with staying in is you can't grow crops in Jerusalem. And people were literally starving. It was a bad situation. There was sickness. You keep a bunch of people shut up inside a place for an extended period of time with limited resources. Sometimes you don't avoid the pandemic. You just uh, create other problems. And so Daniel, living in that environment had heard what Jeremiah said. Everybody knew what Jeremiah said because Jeremiah was considered a traitor. He was saying, Nebuchadnezzar is not only going to win, he's going to win because God's going to make sure he wins. And the reason God's going to make sure he wins is because we have sinned. But now, as a teen, when that is fulfilled, the temple of God is raided and wrecked and a bunch of stuff that had been devoted to God, this belongs to God, was now carried off and put in the temple of a demonic idol. What would that do to your theology? This is not somebody who doesn't believe God exists who's just done this to the place where your God was worshipped. This is somebody who says there's another God who is God and has a temple for him. And he got the treasure. Okay, but now, Jeremiah said that that was going to happen and it was going to happen because we didn't obey God. But now, I'm living there. Now I'm in Babylon. He was carried off as a prisoner. One of many carried off as a prisoner. Grateful to be alive. Most days. But this is not easy. He's given a new name. His three friends are given new names. They had names that honored the God that the Jews worshipped. Now, they're given names that honor various demonic idols. 
Am I going to answer to that name? Am I going to start thinking of myself that way? That's what I'm being called. Hmm. Got to learn a new language. These folks don't speak Hebrew. They want me to learn their language. What am I going to do? Well, the good news is, because I'm a brilliant, quick learner who happens to be good-looking, and that was part of the deal, Nebuchadnezzar didn't want to be surrounded by ugly people. So, Daniel's one of the select group. And they're going to feed him. All his food is provided. What's he going to eat? Same stuff as the king. It's the stuff from the king's table. Well, you can imagine some of the other prisoners are pretty happy about that because not everybody got to eat that food. Not everybody in Babylon ate that food and not everybody who was taken prisoner got to eat that food. But those who were chosen as part of this select elite group of prisoners, like Daniel, they were going to get the best food. The food of a king. And the best wine. The wine from the king's table. Daniel said, I can't do that. You can call me what you want. And I'll learn your language. And I'll read your books. And I'll study your literature. And I'll learn all the stuff that you're trying to teach me. But God told us what we can and cannot eat. And I'm not going to risk some of the stuff you give me not being okay with God. Are we still under the Jewish dietary laws? Absolutely not. Well, who said we didn't have to be? Was it a pope? No, it was Jesus. It was Jesus. Read the New Testament. Jesus is the one who told his disciples and actually said it so that other people could hear too that it isn't what goes into a man's mouth that makes him unclean. And thereby he declared all foods clean. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Now, we also learn from the New Testament that even though everything is lawful for me, not all things are beneficial. Okay? So is it against God's word to just sit around eating donuts all the time? Yeah. I didn't see anything about donuts in the Bible. Did you see anything about your body being the temple of the Holy Spirit and you're supposed to use it for his glory, not just for your pleasure? Well, so does that mean I can't have donuts? Well, it depends on who you are and what kind of shape you're in. If you're burning about 6,000 calories a day, enjoy a donut on me. Okay? But if your main exercise is pushing a button on the remote control and you've got about 40% adipose tissue on your body? Cut it out! 
Understand? By putting the Jewish people under a system of dietary laws, God not only protected their health from things like trichinosis, but God, and by the way, they could eat the lamb and the beef that they offered to God, but God said, trim off the fat. The fat is mine. You burn that up. Okay. Why would he say that? Because God designed our body. Are you saying fat is bad? Too much fat can be a problem, especially for people who don't burn 8,000 calories a day. Is it possible to burn 8,000 calories? Yeah, but not in my house. So God not only protected their health, he did something else. How many times a day do most of us eat? How many times? Three? Okay. And maybe some snacks. Okay? Now maybe, maybe you don't do snacks, but a lot of people do snacks. So, three, four, five times a day? That meant that every Jew, every day, three to five times a day, if they ate like us, was reminded, I'm not my own. My body is not my own. I belong to God. God knows what I do. I need to please Him. Not live for my pleasure, but for His. Because my body is not my own. For decades in our culture, people have been explicitly arguing, it's my body! Well, if you think that, you're wrong. And furthermore, if you live like that, you're going to hell. Because it's not your body. And it's not your time. And it's not your money. And it's not your country. Everything belongs to God. Amazon.com belongs to God. General Motors Corporation belongs to God. Microsoft belongs to God. Berkshire Hathaway, the investment fund, belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. Well, who put him in charge? Don't be a fool. God created the universe. And if some parts of his creation are insane enough to think that uh, this is mine, then they're just insane. Well, what I mean is I, I have control over this. Well, yes, at this moment you do. And you're going to answer to him for what you do with that. The board of directors at GM will answer to God for what they did with GM, whether they lied to customers or served customers well. Well, what about serving the investors? Yeah, serve the investors well, but not by lying. Are you saying something bad about GM? I 
am saying that corporations will also answer to God. I'm saying that Jeff Bezos is going to answer to God sooner than he thinks. Bill Gates will answer to God. Anthony Fauci will answer to God. President Trump will answer to God. Joe Biden will answer to God. Every person on the planet, including all of us in this room, are going to answer to God. And you can't say, well, I I didn't have anything to manage. You had you. What are you doing with your body? What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your money? What are you doing with your relationships? What are you doing with your talents? What are you doing with your opportunities? What are you doing? Gosh, Pastor, would you always make me feel guilty? I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm trying to wake you up and cause you to realize you have an opportunity. Say, well, I'm not as good looking as Daniel. Okay. You still have a face. You can smile. You'll look better if you smile. No, I don't like my teeth. Like this. Smile! Come on, let the joy come forth. Well, I'm not feeling very joyful, and I don't want to be hypocritical. Then start thinking about Jesus loving you so much he gave his life for you. That ought to put a smile on your face. Well, now I feel guilty if I'm not smiling. (laughs) This is going to be a bad day. I hope that put a smile on your face. Daniel said, I can't eat that food. Why not? Well, because God tells us what we can eat and what we can't eat. And I belong to God. My life is his. Well, so what, what could you eat that wouldn't upset God? Vegetables? You got to be a vegetarian in order to please God? No. No. But if you eat only vegetables, you won't eat any of the forbidden meats. You're not going to be eating any of the stuff that God says you're not to eat. Well, could you eat some of the stuff from the king's table? I don't know what's coming from the king's table. Okay? How many of you know what's in sausage? Okay? No, you're mistaken. Nobody knows what's in sausage. Okay? Sausage is where they grind up bits of whatever they've got. And they stick it inside, in some cases, a plastic tube, and in other cases, a pig's intestine. Really? Yeah. But don't worry, they wash it. And then you cook it. So that makes it okay, doesn't it? Are you saying they were trying to feed him sausage? Uh, I don't know. The thing is, he didn't know. You get this thing, and it's meat, and it's got sauce on it, and it's, and it's like, what, what is it? Is this? What, what animal is this? I don't know. Just eat it. Came from the king's table. You know it's got to be good. He's saying, <clears throat> I'll take the vegetable plate, please. Now, the guy who he presents this to says, 
Daniel, I, I really like you, buddy. I, I think very highly of you. I think you're one of the most promising people in this group of prisoners that we've taken. But, but here's the thing, man. If you look bad, I pay for it. And, and I'm afraid if I do what you want, I'm going to get in trouble. And one thing you need to know about this king, he kills people. Casually. Okay? So if I upset him, he won't just say, shame on you. He'll say, kill him. I don't want to die, man, so that you can avoid eating food that you think is not kosher. Literally. So Daniel says, let's have a test. For 10 days, I want you to give us only vegetables. 10 days. And then at the end of the 10 days, take a look and see how we're doing. If we, if we start to look haggard and pale and pitiful, then we'll see where we go from there. I'm not trying to get you in trouble, but I don't want to risk eating something that would displease my God. And I'm willing to put my life on the line in order to do what God says. All right, 10 days. You got 10 days. What they found in 10 days is that a vegetarian diet automatically makes you healthier. That's the takeaway of this morning's lesson. Is, is that right? Is that what it says? No, it doesn't say that. It says, verse 9, God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. It says, verse 17, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. What is the best health decision you can make? Vegetarianism? Eh, for some people. Not me, thankfully. But what is the best health decision you can make? Obey God! Obey God! That's what Daniel did, and God gave favor. God caused him to be better looking, and his friends, better looking at the end of the 10 days than all the other folks. You could visibly tell the difference. These guys look better. The other guys are sitting over there saying, yeah, those guys do look better. <laughs> Let me just tell you something. This isn't about being good looking. This is about choosing to obey God even when you are in a difficult situation where people are essentially demon worshipers and they have been put in charge of you and you are being pressured 
to be like them. Now, I know none of you have ever been in a situation where the people around you were not friendly toward the things of God. You've never had to deal with that. None of you here have ever faced that, have you? Oh, well, perhaps you have. I guarantee you, you will find yourself in that situation if you haven't already. You will find that there are people who are upset if you don't join in and do what they do. If you don't eat what they eat and drink what they drink, if you don't go where they go and say what they say and laugh at their jokes, if you say, no, I'm not going to watch that, no, I'm not going to listen to that, I'll see you guys later. They're not going to say, oh, okay, well, have fun. They'll come after you with claws and teeth. They will hate you. It's like, well, I, I, I don't want these people to hate me. You realize how short this life is? We're all going to answer to God. What God says is what matters. It's not what our friends or our family think. Jesus was crucified. And he said, but don't worry. <laughs> it's going to be easy for you. No. He says, take up your cross and follow me. That's the only kind of disciple that there is. Are you saying that I'm physically going to get nailed to a cross? Not likely. We don't live in the right part of the world for that right now. But what I will tell you is you're going to have to die to yourself every day. And that's what Jesus said. You've got to say no to thoughts, feelings. I can't have thoughts or feelings. You will have thoughts and feelings. But you've got to take every thought captive to the Lordship of Christ. And some thoughts you've got to say no to. Why? Because they're not from God. They're not the truth. And so when those thoughts come, you don't say, I'm, I'm not thinking that. You say, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. My life has no meaning. Not true. I'm worthless. Not true. God doesn't care about me. Not true. There's no point in trying. Not true. Something bad is probably going to happen today. Probably. <laughs> I feel scared. Okay to feel scared, just don't let it control your behavior. I feel nervous. Okay to feel nervous. Just don't let it control your behavior. How do I stop my knees from shaking? I don't know. If I find out, I'll tell you. But I'll tell you this. You can feel fear without being afraid. Trust him. He loves you. He's not out to get you. He's not out to hurt you. He's not out to destroy you. 
He loves you. He loves you more than you can imagine. Well, when temptation comes, I just can't resist. Not true. Not true. Not true. Well, it won't hurt anything if I just do this this once. Not true. I look forward to going through this book with you. If you want a short version of the first lesson. If in doubt, don't. If you're not sure whether it's okay to do this, I'm not sure if God's approving of this or not, well, then don't do it. Well, but I'd like to do it. I'd really like to do it, and these people are urging me to do it, and it may be okay. I'm not sure. Not sure? Don't. Daniel wasn't saying all the food from the king's table is bad. He was saying some of the food from the king's table is going to be bad, and I can't always tell what's what, so I'm just going to avoid anything that's not a vegetable. And that worked, and God blessed it, and he came out healthier than all the ones who ate the food from the king's table. I'm not sure if if this shirt is clean, then don't wear it. Put it in the wash. I'm I'm not sure if I need a shower. Go get one. You understand? I'm not sure if this chicken salad in the fridge is still good. Then put it in the trash can. Why do people leave it in the refrigerator until they're sure it's not good? I've never understood that. It's like, I'm not sure if this is good. Let's just put it back. (laughs) No. No. If in doubt, don't. Is that clear? If in doubt, don't. Well, are you saying if I'm not sure this car will make it to the destination? Do you have another car? No. Do you need to ride? Yes. Go ahead and take the car, and if it breaks down, walk the rest of the way. Okay, I can do that. That's not a sin. I'm not sure if I should take that car or not. I think that may be my brother-in-law's car, and he's told me he wouldn't mind if I used his thing, but the keys are in it. But I'm not sure what if it's not my brother-in-law's car. Don't take it! Understand? Not worth risking stealing a car. I'll bring it back. No! Don't! Don't! If in doubt, don't. Understand? Daniel said, I'm only going to eat vegetables because some of that stuff might be bad. Folks, if we took that approach to entertainment, I'm not sure if this movie's okay or not. Is there a reason why you have to watch that movie? Well, I really like the earlier ones in the series. Yeah, but why are you getting a check in your spirit about this one? Maybe it's because the Holy Spirit is saying, that's not good. If in doubt, don't. That's simple. 
and it'll keep you out of a lot of trouble. And God will bless you for wanting to please him more than you want to please yourself or the people around you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for sending Jesus to save us. Thank you so much for the example of Daniel's courage. His conviction that it was better to die for obeying you than to live by obeying a pagan king. Thank you for honoring his obedience to you and blessing him as you did so that for 70 years in a foreign land, he would be a servant to four different kings. But in every case, he would serve you and bring glory to your name. Grant that our lives would consistently reflect our devotion to you. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.